Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. You know, considering there weren't that many games on Monday, that was a relatively busy last 24 hours of news, wouldn't you say? I would. And I'm the person yelling into a microphone, so you you all just have to go with me on this one. Welcome to Fantasy NBA Today, everybody. I am Dan Vespers. Thanks, as always, for tuning in and spending some of your day with us. And we'll dive into some of the good stuff here. I was thinking if I wanted to, like, launch into a spiel here at the front end of the show. Um, But I'm going to do that. We're just going to dive right on in. Welcome to the YouTube viewers. Welcome to those listening after the fact uh, on the recorded side. I hope you will join us for the live show at some point here. uh, Because as long as YouTube keeps growing, I'll keep leaning into it. We even did a breaking news show earlier this morning on the Carl Anthony Towns news, which I suppose we could open with on today's podcast. Cat, likely back on Wednesday. That's tomorrow, everybody. After missing almost four months with a, a couple of different injuries, he had the, the initial one, then the setback, and so on and so forth. He's probably back. But I will say that, and, and you know, we can talk a little bit more about this. And honestly, you know what? Screw this. Let's just talk about the Minnesota-New York game. Uh, we'll just launch right on in here because then we can talk about Cat and the ramifications therein. So let's say Cat does come back tomorrow. Did I even introduce the show? It doesn't matter. You guys know what it is at this point. Let's say Cat's back tomorrow. What does that mean? Well, probably playing only about 16 minutes or so would be my guess. He's been out for four months. They're not going to just drop him in and play 30 minutes. Tom Thibodeau is not the head coach in Minnesota anymore. And now they got to kid glove him a little bit. That's a huge injury. And Cat, after being an Iron Man for all of those years, and his body's basically given out here over the last couple. Which, I mean, if you didn't see that coming. These guys get worn into the ground. If you're wondering why players take days off these days and why they're trying to limit some minutes, it's because there is a toll that these bodies take and eventually it catches up. You just sort of don't know when. So what did we see in this Minnesota-New York game yesterday? Well, a lot of points, for one. The Wolves shot 61%. Good gravy. Mike Conley's been going nuts with Anthony Edwards out. Torian Prince went completely crazy. A perfect 8-for-8 from three-point land on his way to 35 points. Our old buddy Slow-Mo went just 1-for-3 at the free-throw line, and that's been kind of an annoyance with him, but otherwise he's continued to be very good. Jaden McDaniels had some foul stuff and then just didn't get to play a whole lot late in this ballgame. Uh, Jalen Noel got kind of warm. I mean, everybody that played was warm. Frankly, on both sides, basically everybody that played was pretty warm, except for, I guess, Emmanuel quickly. But we want to look at this from the cat lens, which is, well, what happens if he comes back and, and plays 16 minutes? Truth is, not much. What you saw in this game, minus the 61% shooting, is not that far off from what you would see in their next game. So if you're about ready to abandon ship on Kyle Anderson, I would say, yeah, I mean, be ready, but also you probably don't have to pre-drop there. And plus, on top of everything else, Slow-Mo has shown himself to be a vital piece of what the Wolves are trying to do on a game-to-game basis. So they're going to find a way to get him some playing time. Here's the thing. 
as Cat gets ramped up, there just isn't enough room for these other guys. Obviously, Torian Prince, he got the big jump here with Anthony Edwards, Edwards out, but now they're saying that he might even be back on Wednesday. I think he's listed as questionable for tomorrow already. If those guys are all coming back in, well, Prince, we know, is a short-term thing. Slow-mo's been top 60 for four months, which is pretty awesome. It won't hold that well. Even if he continues to play pretty good basketball, simple fact is Rudy Gobert is going to get the lion's share of the minutes at center. And as Cat gets ramped up, he'll get the lion's share of the minutes at power forward. And then Jaden McDaniels and Anthony Edwards are the wings, small forward and shooting guard, and Conley's the point guard. There just isn't room for slow-mo in that mix unless they started him instead of McDaniels, but I don't think that's happening because... I think they prefer to have Jaden in there for the defense, for the better floor spacing. I mean, maybe, but I'd be surprised. Regardless, it actually doesn't matter who they pick for that spot. Slow-mo now is wedged into minutes with Jaden McDaniels and Carl Anthony Towns, which is a battle that he didn't have to wage over the last four months. He's basically got his own slot on the team that now gets squeezed. So let's say they still can carve out 25 minutes for Kyle Anderson. What does that get him to? Uh, 100 to 125 range, I think, in maybe a best-case scenario. But let's leave it open and say it's a possibility. Top 60 is just not in the cards after Cat gets ramped up. But, you know, the next couple of games where Cat's playing 16, 18, 20 minutes or whatever it is, those minutes can come from a lot of spots. They can come from Torian Prince. They, yeah, a couple will probably come from Slow Mo, a couple maybe from Jaden. Does Gobert sit any game coming up here for a nagging injury or whatever? So I don't know that I would punt Slow Mo to the curb immediately. I do know that Minnesota's schedule is not all that great, so maybe you'd do it after Wednesday's game on the head to head side. With Roto, you can probably just sort of let it dangle and see where it goes. Uh, but yes, there is there is an adjustment coming. By the way, the other side on that New York game, since we just launched right into it. Julius Randle had 57 points. That's a lot of points. His team lost, but it's a lot of points. Jalen Brunson's back, so Emmanuel quickly slides back into more of a really good head-to-head play and kind of a questionable roto one. Josh Hart's doing his thing. Mitchell Robinson did not score, but had nine boards, two steals, and two blocks, so he's A-OK. Um, and then, you know, everything else just sort of slots in where you'd expect it to with the Knicks. So officially now, hi, and welcome to the show, Fantasy NBA Today. I think I said that. I mentioned, may have mentioned I'm Dan Bespris. If not, I am Dan Bespris uh, on Twitter at D-A-N-B-E-S-B-R-I-S. Let's roll back to the top of the board and talk a little bit about what went on yesterday. First, Charlotte came back and beat Indiana. Charlotte trailed in this game by quite a lot. I think they were down by almost 20 at one point. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. 
Compare prices across multiple stores in your area. Find the best deals on game day drinks and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. And then we got everything we could have ever wanted out of the great Nick Richards. <laughs> um, he actually had a little bit of foul trouble in the first half. Um, but it's hard to complain about 14 and 17 with a couple of blocks. Rogier Ubre, Hayward, P.J. Washington, who had a, a poor ball game here. But all of those guys are easy starts for Charlotte in a four-game week. And I think starts on the Roto side. The one that's a little bit more borderline is Dennis Smith Jr., who shot one for 10. And not for that, this is actually ends up as a kind of a decent ball game for him. Uh, he's a guy that I am playing on the head-to-head four-game week side. I am probably not dropping him into my Roto Leagues unless I can deal with the percentages stuff that does kind of rear its head with DSJ and need assists and steals and blocks. It's kind of a weird combo. You know, guards that block. Uh, but if you're just saying, like, is this a top 100 play? The answer is probably not. As far as Indiana goes, uh, Isaiah Jackson had a nice ball game. He played 20 minutes, 12 and 10 with a steal and three blocks. We are approaching, as I've said on a couple of shows recently, we are probably approaching the Indiana starts to look towards the future part of the proceedings. They're two and a half games out, which is still within striking distance. You know, you, you might say, oh, well, like, what do you think about the Blazers? We've heard all this talk about Dame getting shut down. The Blazers are four games out with two teams separating them from a playoff spot. So I think there's an easier case to be made that Portland is in, like, right on the cusp of shutdown mode, where the Pacers, I think, are close, but I don't think we're quite there yet. I think we're right on the borderline. So I got a question during the pre-show about whether or not this is time to pick up Isaiah Jackson. I think a lot of that has to do with your format right now. On the Roto side, you could probably do it, and just sit on him, because at this point, you know, we're what? Uh, Pacers have a tough game in Toronto coming up tomorrow. Tough game in Boston on Friday. I'll have a battle in Atlanta on Saturday, but I mean, Atlanta's beatable. Dallas, Milwaukee, Oklahoma City, Cleveland next week. I mean, they'll be, I think, pretty safely out of the playoff picture after, what do we think, like the next three or four ball games. So in a best-case scenario... Maybe they just sort of say, all right, it's been a good it's been a good run. Halliburton's out right now. We're not about to make a push. Let's see what we got. And maybe we get more Isaiah Jackson by the back-to-back, Friday, Saturday. And in, in a worst-case scenario, they play it out until they're mathematically eliminated, which will probably take us to the middle of next week. Either way, you're probably looking at something like between four and seven or eight I guess maybe you could argue eight. Between four and eight games of more Isaiah Jackson. So on the head-to-head side, I'm a little bit concerned because you you know that at any given moment, they might just roll Miles Turner out there for 32, 33 minutes and just not play Jackson because Carlisle's done that a few times. So head-to-head, I'm a little bit nervous about it. You know, you're you're risking a move on a guy that could not play on a given night. Like, we just might not see him in Toronto tomorrow. But if it works, 
And if they really do say, okay, well, like, even if he only gets 14, 15 minutes in the bad ball games, and then in a back-to-back, maybe they rest Miles Turner in one of those, and you get, you know, 25, 26-minute Jackson. It's a dice roll that could work out for you, but you know me. my I'm all puckered up in dice roll situations. I generally avoid them unless I have to. So, Roto, I would say you could kind of get out in front of this thing and say, you know what, worst-case scenario, I'm going to get to deploy this guy in a week, week and a half. Head-to-head, I might wait until the back-to-back if I'm looking at it, or maybe next week. But this is where format, to me, makes a really big difference in how we approach the centers in Indiana. And then as you look at some of the other situations, like when you know, Buddy Heald, he's, he loves his Iron Man stuff, so how long until they pull him out of the lineup? Could be soon, could be later. Uh, Nemhard was a guy that I wasn't really trusting anyway. Jordan Wara lost a lot of his value with Benedict Matherin coming back. Uh, and then Jalen Smith is also a possibility here if they start to pull out any of the older guys. TJ McConnell, I'm still rolling with. Um, I think they probably just feel like they kind of need a more traditional point guard out there to keep everything going in the same direction. Like, you can just turn a team over to all young guys, but then things get ugly really fast. You need someone to kind of steer the locomotive. I guess you don't need to steer a train. They just stay on the tracks. Keep the train on the tracks, steer the ship, whatever. Um, But Indy is in a really interesting place right now. We're, like, right on the borderline of getting some silly season stuff. So keep a very close watch on that. Chicago. Winners again in a very low-scoring double overtime game. Vooch was awesome. And, you know, you got good enough game. Considering it's double overtime, I kind of expected more out of DeMar and Levine, but they had all these defensive stats that covered it up. Patrick Beverly, right on the edge. He fouled out in 40 minutes of this game, or he maybe would have gotten a little bit more. But right now, he is the sort of... You guys know, if you've listened to this podcast for multiple years, I love Pat Beverly when he's rolling because you can get threes, rebounds, steals, and blocks out of your point guard. You're not going to get scoring. But... I have Beverly on a couple of teams where I'm attacking some of those categories, and it's rare to be able to get that stuff out of an extra slot in your roster. Because you should, sure, you can get rebounds and blocks and things like that out of a, a big man spot, but it's nice to be able to kind of double up on that. You can play centers at your center spots. You can play a center at a power forward spot if they have eligibility there. But it's pretty cool when you can squeeze some of that out of the guard spot. But again, that's what this time of year is. It's why doing shows right now is so complicated is because you almost have to describe every player in every scenario. Here's a scenario I like. Anytime anybody misses a game for Philadelphia, DeAnthony Melton is back to being successful. There was this brief Jalen McDaniels thing, but Melton, now that he's hot again, he's thrust himself back into that driver's seat. Melton's got 10 steals in his last two ball games. He is absolutely rolling right now in the middle of a really nice head-to-head run. I am, I admit, nervous to throw him into a uh, roto spot because, you know, if he has a cold game and plays 13 minutes, it destroys everything. Uh, but James Harden is dealing with some foot soreness. So, you know, Melton's in a really interesting situation right now if Harden has to miss I don't know. They've got a game, another Chicago game, but it's on the road tomorrow. They've got a back-to-back coming up. You might see Harden miss a game or two in there. Uh, And then Melton would slide into the starting lineup, and it's all systems go at that point. We talked Minnesota-New York already, so we can slide right past that ballgame to the Warriors, who did get a road win over the Rockets, but it still counts. 
Alperin Shengun sat this one out with an illness. Uh, Jay Sean Tate sat this one out because it was part of a back-to-back. Warriors um, got good stuff out of Clay and Steph. Jonathan Kaminga's actually been coming on a little bit lately. I suppose we need to talk about Kaminga a tiny bit. Um, right now, to me, Kaminga's a very interesting keeper. I don't know if that's something that you guys could shake a stick at. Uh, he's also a very interesting head-to-head play because the Warriors are on a better part of their schedule. They've got a four-game week. They had one last week. They've got one this week. They go back into a three-gamer next week. He and Kevon Looney, Kaminga and Looney, are both, I think, playable in this four-game week. I don't know that I would throw them into your three-gamer, but eh, at least it's close. And then Dante DiVincenzo, he just was off in this one. He only played 19 minutes. He'll see more playing time in the next one. He's been really good with Wiggins out. I'm not going to change my eval on him based on one slow ball game. On the Houston side, big Tyra Eason game with no Jay Sean Tate. We know he's one forward or center away. And in this ball game, there happened to be one of each actually sitting out for the Rockets. A center sat, a forward sat. So lots of Eason to go around. And, you know, that's another one where, you know, keeper, obviously... Roto, these types of situations make sense. Um, And then for head-to-head, Houston has one of the best playoff schedules for last week, for this week, for next week, if you go that far. Uh, So just hold on, because you just want all the games you can get. Jabari Smith Jr. bounced back after a couple of slower ball games. K.J. Martin has settled into more of a schedule stream kind of play with this team mostly healthy. Um, Kevin Porter is a play in all formats. And then Dallas... Oh, sorry, two more games here. Kyrie re-hurt his foot in this ballgame. He tried to play through it, but he left the arena in a walking boot, so I would expect him to miss at least one ball game. But you might see Luka back for the Mavs, who host the Warriors tomorrow. Uh, and these are games the Mavs really need to win because they're part of that big clump of teams. They're, a, they're right at 500. Half game up on the Wolves, Thunder, and Jazz. One game up on the Lakers. Half game back of the Warriors. It's a lot of teams between 6 and 12 in that Western Conference. So Dallas, I mean, they're going to try to get what they can get. Uh, if, you, if you're into Christian Wood, losing a superstar that's not Christian Wood is good for him. Even if Luka comes back, there's probably still enough for Wood there. Uh, it's when both stars are in that we've seen Wood largely marginalized. And then on the Memphis side, Dylan Brooks picked up a T, so he'll be suspended. Jaw likely back tomorrow. So this is probably the end of the Tyus Jones run. Santi Aldama had a huge ball game, but that is because JJJ had five fouls in 23 minutes. JJJ played well late, um, but he was he was limited by foul trouble. Xavier Tillman has slowed down a little bit lately. I still think he's a relatively safe stream in most formats. I think I probably like him more in head-to-head than Roto, but I'm okay with deploying him in both. Memphis has two games with Houston. So everybody's going to be racking up stats in those. And then Sacramento just didn't come prepared in this one. Utah kind of jumped on them early. The Kings made a big comeback, but just sort of ran out of gas late. De'Aaron Fox, another huge ball game. Keegan Murray had a big one with no uh, Kevin Herter in this one. Um, Kessler Edwards got the start, but largely it was Malik Monk who did the extra stuff coming off the bench. Monk was actually quite bad in this game, but... If Herter misses another one, you'd probably see Malik play better. I think we'd probably see Herter back in the next one. He was ruled out like two hours before game time. So, Although the Kings played tonight, so back-to-back's a little iffy. I honestly don't know. 
call that one 50-50. Keegan's going to play better when Herter's not in there. Just an opportunity to get a few extra shots. Um, but, you know, don't don't change things too much for the Kings side. And then with Utah, Ochai Abaji had a really nice game. He's been playing better. Now, in this one, we knew everybody was going to have to get more shots up with no Lowry Markkinen. THT was limited by five fouls in 21 minutes. Chris Dunn got some extra run, and it was a beautiful thing. 18 points, 10 assists, a steal, a block, and two three-pointers. Kelly Olenek's rolling. Walker Kessler's rolling. If Markkinen has to miss any more time, uh, I think you could probably start all of the starters except Fontecchio might be the one I'd leave out. I know he played 33 minutes, and he's sort of a maybe. Um, but, I mean, we're talking about Roto, head-to-head, whatever. Those other four should be good enough. And Chris Dunn, who has just been amazing. And he he's done this two years in a row where he signed some 10-day contracts near the end of a season and just posts these massive fantasy lines. Someone should give that dude a dang job. Chris Dunn's looked really good. What are teams looking for, if not that? I mean, I know he's not a superstar, but geez. All right, that's what happened yesterday. Uh, We were able to move through it at a pretty good clip. Let's turn the page and look at what's coming uh, coming up here next, which is basically... All right, we're talking streaming next. (laughs) The recorded, folks. I had to do a little bit of of editing... um, on the recorded side, my, my child wandered in to get the uh, LAUSD sent an iPad home with the kiddos, and he's uh, he's going to do a little bit of work on that here. Uh, it's, it's silliness. Uh, we're moving over into the streaming part of the show. Let's talk about what's coming up and how we can best utilize our moves here. Uh, I mentioned on yesterday's show that you probably needed to abandon ship on a couple of teams that had really rough schedules, like Denver, because they had two days off to start the week, and Miami had two days off to start the week, uh, and then only have two games after that. I, I still was really hoping that folks could kind of hold on to their moves as long as possible. Today's a day where, again, believe it or not, you should not be doing anything. Um, there are very few, in fact, I think I might even say none, as the YouTubers can see me kind of scrolling through the streaming grid to make sure I'm not missing something obvious. There are no teams that played on Monday that now transition into a terrible schedule that didn't already have a bad schedule this week. Meaning if you were going to make a move with one of those teams, you would have done it yesterday. So a team like the Heat, who had a two-game week that starts on Wednesday. Or wherever the hell else I said before that. Uh, Nuggets were the other one. But like Detroit, for instance, two-game week, but they play tonight. So if you liked the piston you had last week, there was sort of no reason to move on from them until tomorrow. Now tomorrow, you can definitely move on from your pistons. And I think I said on yesterday's show, and I'll reiterate it today that tomorrow is a day where you want to move on from Pistons to get someone playing three times Wednesday through Sunday, which is a lot of teams. A lot of teams go Wednesday through Sunday. So you'll have a crap ton of opportunity. And you can also look to see if you have any overload days in there and look at the teams that play on kind of the goofball days. Like New Orleans, I think, has a goofball day schedule this week. Uh, Clippers have a goofball day, Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday kind of thing. So there are some clubs like that where... You might want to look and see which days they're going. 
and make sure that you're not spending a roster move to get a player playing on a day where you're already full. So just keep an eye out for that. But again, I really don't see a big reason to make a move today uh, other than like a very select few teams. The Wolves, if you have a Timberwolf that you really don't like, because they only go two times the rest of the week after they did play yesterday. But if you're if the wolf that you wolf the wolf wolf blah, that you like, if it's someone that you enjoy, let them play tomorrow. I mean, let them let, get the Wednesday game uh, out of your timber wolf before you punt on them. Because again, you're making that same decision that we've talked about in the past, which is. Do I want one game out of the guy I have that I like or and then two games out of someone else or three I guess it'd be three games out of someone else or whatever it is or do I go for four games of the someone else and usually the answer is I want one game from the dude I like and then I'll tack that on to three games from the player that maybe I don't like as much I think the internet is funking out over here, so apologies if that's going on. It might be because my kid is on it in the other room. So again, I would strongly recommend not using a move today if you're trying to maximize games played. If there's a player on your team that you just really want to get rid of, then fine. Like, we got word that some Spurs are not playing in the front end of their back-to-back, but I still think that means most of those guys are, are probably going to go in the other three games this week. Because their schedule isn't particularly grueling outside of this back-to-back. They got a day off in between each of those. Okay, that's something you could consider. Uh, But for the most part, if you had a player you liked, you can still utilize them tonight before having to deal with some stuff tomorrow. Tomorrow is a day we're going to start cashing in some moves. Because there are a number of teams that go from having uh, a pretty bad schedule to a very bad. Like Detroit, for instance, they go from having a pretty darn bad schedule to having a rotten one after today. They go one time over the last five days this week. You can also look at sort of, again, uh, some of those goofball days. We will likely be choosing someone that has three games the rest of the week. And then on Thursday, we slide into only two or three teams that actually have a really good schedule from Thursday to the end of the week. The one thing I will note is that one team plays four times between today and the end of the week that doesn't go on the overload days, and that's the Brooklyn Nets. Brooklyn is a really interesting team because they avoid Wednesday and Friday while also still playing four times. So that's a spot where, you know, if you're concerned, I guess, Or if you have an overload player on your roster, either tomorrow or Friday, you can actually move off of that player early to get over to a Brooklyn net, and you can add more than the two games it looks like. Like, take, for instance, um, let's say that you have someone that goes uh, Wednesday, Friday, or something with Friday, like maybe it's a Piston, in fact, because they go Tuesday, Friday, or... I don't know what examples you can use. The Lakers go Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. So the Lakers, it looks like they have three games this week to your schedule. But 
let's say the Laker you have is like Malik Beasley. He's been, he's been really terrible lately, which of course means he'll probably light someone up for eight three-pointers in one of these games. Or let's say you've been sitting on Dennis Schroeder and he's been kind of bad lately. Or hell, you can pick another team that goes Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. I, I don't care. Or Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Phoenix goes Wednesday, Friday, Saturday. Portland goes Wednesday, Friday, Sunday. There's plenty of examples of teams that go Wednesday, Friday, something. Three games from Wednesday to the end of the week, but two of them on overload days. If even one of those overload days is one where you don't actually need that player, you could move off of that club to a team with sort of the the off-kilter schedule, like the Brooklyn Nets, or even the Thunder, who only play three times also, but you get all three of the games from one team where you'd only get two from the other. Or if it's Brooklyn, you'd get all four of those games and you'd only get two of the other. So there are some instances here where you can make a move from a team that looks like they're playing three times to a team that is playing four and you actually gain two games. But I really think we're overcomplicating today. It's a bad day to, to make roster moves unless you have an injured player and in that case, okay, we always want to use a move to get off an injury of someone who might miss more than one or two games. I hope that was somewhat helpful. It was a little bit convoluted today, I know, but uh, hopefully that was somewhat helpful on the streaming side. We'll do it all again tomorrow, everybody. Thank you, as always, to our recorded listeners. Please drop a five-star review on the pod and come join us on YouTube here in the future. Uh, it's, again, that website is youtube.com slash sportsethos. Super easy to find. And hit me up uh, if you're listening on the recorded side. If you want to be a part of what we're doing over here, if you have any questions about what we're doing over here, we'd love to have you. Maybe cover a team, get into the fantasy space. All that stuff is on the table. And, of course, check out the Fantasy Pass. It's just $5.99 a month, people. And it gets you premium access to our pros, myself included, in our premium Discord. You get pickups of the night. Uh, you get the uh, rest of season projections and you get the baseball draft guy it's all rolled up in one delightful fantasy pass i know you're gonna love it just 5.99 there's no lock on it you could just do it for one month or if you get it and you hold it through the off season for basketball and enjoy it during the baseball season you get the brewski 150 early next year yeah that's right aren't you glad you stayed to the end of the show to find that out damn right you are YouTubers, stay after the show. We'll do questions in the chat room recorded, folks. Until tomorrow. So long for now. Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.